Hello and welcome to the Emerald Games Cast. My name is Nolan. With me is I'm Janelle. And also, as always, I'm Alex. You guys, want to know a fun fact? Yeah. About the uh, episode number. That's fun facts. <laughs> Wait, is it, is it today? Is this yeah. the one? It's today. Yeah, it's today. Oh my god, this is a monumentous occasion. I'm I, so excited. I've been actively looking forward to this for like 52 weeks. I almost <laughs> wish that we had made this the finale of the show. Yeah. <laughs> we just, just ended here, yeah. Sat in the episode feed forever. Oh man. All right, say those magic words, Nolan. <laughs> and as it is episode 69 should it shouldn't really be that funny to be honest it's it's a it's very it's, funny fuck you it's very funny. quite the middle school joke of us but that's fuck why you. it's funny fuck you it's, it's funny. so funny it's so funny the, the first funny number that's <laughs> what yeah. this one is it's i don't know I, I i i got a soft spot for eight makes me chuckle why it's it's round twice on top and bottom <laughs> <laughs> whoa that's true. Yeah, I guess you're right. Shit. Yeah. I'm going to look at eight in a whole new light now. Anyways, it's, uh, it's July 19th, 2021, and uh, we're here to talk about some video games. You guys uh, you guys had a pretty good week, you know, outside of video games? I have a tummy ache because I drink milk, so I'm not doing so hot right now. Yeah, you usually get oat milk when you get a latte. You, you decided to really, uh, you know, go into the deep end today with a... a Authentic milk. Yeah, genuine milk. I thought I could train my body to be better. I wasn't, I'm not making this up. I wasn't lactose intolerant until I stopped drinking dairy for like two years. And now I straight up cannot have dairy. But, um, that makes sense. There was, I don't know anything about this game. This is an Alex game. But, um, over the weekend in Seattle, there was like this Pokemon go fest happening yeah and we didn't know that at first and we just saw like swarms of people in these little pikachu hats and we had no idea what the fuck was going it was on like we had time traveled back to 2017 we went downtown to seattle to go walk around got this um there's a hot dog stand at seattle center we were kind of targeting and just on <laughs> on the way there were a lot of people wearing t-shirts of their various teams you know team team mystic and, and valor or whatever and People had like color coded outfits, and I saw a, a Mimi Q cosplayer. Yeah, that was cute. There were whole whole families, you know, like whole whole ass nuclear families out there with Pikachu hats hunting Pokemon in downtown Seattle. And whole ass chosen families too. That is true. That is true. There whole was a lot of both. families. It was it was families. interesting. So Seattle right now is like kicking off this series of events called uh, <laughs> Welcome Back to Seattle. They're doing like one in each district, you know, um, over the course of a few weeks. But it was, you know, Pokemon Go Fest isn't connected to that. But like downtown in the city, it really did feel palpably different than it has since we moved. And since the beginning of this, we were, we were walking in Westlake. And there were strangers playing ping pong out there. There were people in the park playing chess. You know, the original there video games. were people out there doing scooter tricks. And hey, I mean, it was just scooter like... Scooter tricks. It just and really... Pikachu hats. Felt lively in a way it hasn't in a long time. We had a really... Sorry, I'll stop talking about it in a second. But there was this really annoying woman who was like yelling at all the ping pongers. And, <laughs> and someone brought up 
like a dad who was near Nolan started talking about like all this Pokemon stuff. It's crazy. My kids haven't been kids since twenty years ago. Well, he 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 asked me if uh, he said he was surprised to see all the hats, and he was like, "Is Pokemon still popular?" Yeah, and and Nolan was like, "Yeah, it's been like you know thirty years or whatever." And this that cranky old woman was like, "Try 40. Which is just factually <laughs> untrue. Yeah, I yeah. That really got Almost under my skin. 30, and she just jumped into correcting me, and I was like, "I'm um, actually Pokemon <laughs> came out in America in 1996 for the first time." It got. I think it, it was 96. <laughs> Don't quote me on that. It really annoyed me though, because she was like, "It's everywhere. It's on." Money, it's food, it's on shirts. It's not even funny. <laughs> well, no, it was because he he asked he he said, "Is it just the uh, is it just the games?" And I said, "It's games, anime, cards." And every time that I was talking, she kept talking over to cut in, and she was like, "It's the anime. It's it's the anime. It's the anime." And but it's like, but like it's 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 not. First of all, <laughs> also, why was she so set on I being really like... right about Pokemon? She clearly doesn't know. About it, and not that I have anything against not knowing about Pokemon. It's not like a cool club to be in, but it was just sort of weird that she what this was what she wanted to prove <laughs> so badly. I think her saying that it's on money would be better if it was true, though. Like I'd rather have a Charizard on a twenty dollar bill instead of Andrew Jackson any fucking day of the week, right? Oh, that should you, be true. Can you imagine? Though? That would be terrible. Sure, would be on some. Coins. People have been talking oh, about yeah, oh, yeah. Harriet Tubman on that bill for so long, like. It would be funny if it was Charizard, but that oh, would be God, the yeah. worst move. That would be the worst move, right? <laughs> it's like you well, got a civil rights activist. On either. We'll do it's, the we lizard. Still have Jackson. <laughs> yeah, but like if they made the the choice to not put her on to put like they, they had a press conference and they're like, people have been angry about Andrew Jackson for decades, and the time has finally come to step forward as America with our partnership with Japan. <laughs> <laughs> And people are like, Charizard? And they're all angry, and they're like, we tried to get Pikachu, but they won't it let him... It should have been Blastoise! One dude in the crowd is like, it's, Blastoise is so much cooler, it should have been him! Prime Minister Abe Shinzo said they're planning to put Pikachu on the thousand yen bill, so it's already reserved. <laughs> uh, anyways. you guys, Civil rights groups are just like smashing their heads into their desks, like, god fucking damn it, we were so close. And they real, fucked though, it up again. Jokes aside, Andrew Jackson got has got to, got to get off that bill. Oh I yeah, know. absolutely. Uh, do we have enough listeners to get everyone? Like, if nope. we had an Emerald Games Cast <laughs> yeah. petition, would we override the national consensus? Do are, no, are we are, are are we yet the biggest podcast in the world? No Not matter yet. what you're asking, if the <laughs> question is, do we have enough listeners? The answer will always be no. <laughs> well, I want if, you to know that. If each of our listeners paid me five dollars a month, I'd be pretty comfortable. Additionally, outside of my job that I'd have to go to still. You know what I mean? I'd be like, yeah. Yeah. Unless some of them just listen a lot, and that's what makes the if every, listens go up. So if, maybe we yeah. only have ten listeners who each listen to, like, a dozen like 15 times. Let's yeah. if yeah. every one of your listeners paid you... If every one of our listeners paid us $5 a month, you'd be about 15 bucks short of purchasing Resident Evil Village for the PS5. That's untrue. <laughs> Which but we did do I, that. <laughs> I did like that segue. Yeah. So so we got Resident Evil Village on the PS5. Um, you know, disclaimer: we have not finished the game. Um, if you know anything about the game, we're we're about. Uh, the game is telegraphing that we're a little over three quarters of the way through, but if you know, there might be some surprise umbrella laboratory or something there is definitely that, a that extends it. Laboratory. So. 
we're about three quarters of the way through what the the you know the village part of the game, which I think is the bulk of it. And uh, Janelle, how are you feeling about it? You you're a big fan of Seven, so oh. your entry to Resident Evil has always been the first person games. So no, well my fir- the first game I ever played was two. Right, but like you forget this. That's true. That's true. I I I forgot because Seven is the one I think that you've talked about being the most familiar with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I fucking love this game so much. I was really worried about a few things. When people said it was a lot like 4, I was worried that it wasn't going to freak me out at all, which is something I really like about the first two games. Um, God, and especially 2 Remake. If that dog out there could shut up while I speak, thank you, sir. Oh, they're not going to hear it. <laughs> um, I'm not hearing him, so you're fine. Yeah. Well, I'm hearing him. Is that I how you know it's a dog and not a werewolf? Ooh. Oh, shit. It's possible. Or a God. very tall woman. But I was I was worried that it would just be like super actiony, and it is, but not in a way that feels like unscary. Like this game freaks me out, and I think that the way that they've mixed seven and four to make this game is so far masterfully done. I feel like the um, the the mixing is a a very uh, delicate synthesis of the parts of four that were not quote-unquote scary, but I guess could be more accurately described as uh, really tense, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, the the horror atmosphere of Seven. Yeah. So, whereas I feel like Four is horror-themed, but not really horror atmosphere, you know what I mean? So, like, the parts of Eight that resemble Four are these, these huge, uh, chaotic battles that you know, borrow a lot of what Four did, where you'll be running into houses and barricading doors and, like, you know, finding sight lines on windows and you're just sort of going through all your ammo and trying to figure out, like, okay, if I throw this pipe bomb, can I get four of them at once or whatever? Uh, but it is, it's it's lacking a lot of the action mechanics that made Four um, tip the scales into being an action game. So you don't really have any kind of defense uh, outside of using the guns. You, you don't really have, like, any of the melee attacks that you have in 4 or whatnot. The the knife is basically useless in combat. So it is that style of, like, controlling a battle combined with the kind of helplessness mm-hmm. of, like, running away from an enemy in 7 and then paced with these long, quiet chunks in between. Yeah, yeah. And um, it so, so far, what we've done, there are... It's supposed to be, like, four different worlds, I guess you could call them. Mm-hmm. And they've each been very distinctly different from one another. And then, additionally, from the village that you go to in between. But they have all felt just so, like, tightly made. And though, at times, it feels more like a roller coaster that it's taking you on than, like, a game where you're, you know, making your own choices and getting through scenes on your own, I think it just makes it a lot more impressive. Um... Man, I love this game. I don't even know where to start with it. How do you feel about the idea some people have been throwing around that each individual uh, area of the game almost feels like an homage to a different era of Resident Evil? Yeah, I I agree with that. Though, I think that the second... Is it the second world, the doll one? The second world with uh, with, with Ben Viento, yeah. That is absolutely not an homage to Resident Evil. That so, is 100% yeah, PT, PT yeah. inspired to the point where I no longer mourn that game. 
Like, Isn't it and, wild how many games have just, like, had to take E3's, D, or not E3, what am I saying, PT's DNA, because, like, Konami doesn't want to anymore? I know, but they did it so yeah. well. Like, it, it, so well. And, that's, and I, I'm totally with you when you say it doesn't uh, resemble something Resident Evil has done before, because what's key about that section is that uh, it takes away all of your weapons and all of your inventory mm-hmm. so it, it it becomes an entirely different game for a couple hours yeah and it it's sort of like a you know like an escape the room almost yeah it is um i guess i don't want to spoil uh too much of it but you know i i feel like there are there are you're right about that area being pt you know the part of the game that was most prominent in the marketing what is castle Demetresque, of course everyone's familiar with this this gothic looking castle outside of this uh this you know eastern european village that the game has been centered on what's really interesting is that so the the village um acts almost like as a hub world the village mm-hmm. is in the center of all four of the areas and um the village itself is interesting because each area you go through things can change in the village or you are able to access new areas or something happens in the village that alters it so you're returning to this familiar hub that is is evolving, and then also each of the different areas have, you know, not totally different, but substantially different gameplay and presentation styles. So despite the game involving all of the backtracking of a game like, uh, you know, like Resident Evil 7 or Resident Evil 1 or whatever, in a, in a sort of streamlined way, it doesn't feel like it loses steam as it continues mm-hmm. because the variety and the pacing in a way is the part of it that most resembles Resident Evil 4. You know, where other Resident Evil games are content to put you into an environment and have you spend the entirety of the game fully unfolding that environment, Resident Evil 8 and games like 4 are throwing you into an environment, giving you a taste of it, letting you feel it and then just slamming the door and putting you in the next one and moving on. It's like it's like you said it yourself, Janelle, I think earlier when you were playing, you said parts of it feel almost like a roller coaster, but not in a bad way. Yeah. Though, you know, there's one thing I would change about the castle section that it doesn't, like, bother me so much that it's unenjoyable and it's still kind of cool. But, you know, in Resident Evil 1 and 2, when you encounter, like, random enemies, they feel like they're there and they're really menacing. And it's really scary worrying about this one zombie because it can really fuck you up right? Yes. But that is not the case in this game. So you're going through these rooms and there are just at times like hordes of these werewolves and it's fun to kill them. I like how the shooting feels in that game, but I wish that they would have more of like a lasting impact and make, make it so that when you have to go into the kitchen, you're like, I really don't want to have to deal with that werewolf. How can I get around it? Instead of just, I know that I'll find ammo everywhere and I can just throw a ton of shots in it. That That is something that, while I do believe that Resident Evil 8 does a, does a very good job um, paying homage to what made Resident Evil 1 and 2 in particular uh, games that, that work and, and hold up, I don't think any Resident Evil game since 2, um, excluding the remakes, obviously, has has actually reflected like what makes those those games stand out in terms of formatting like the enemies in the Raccoon City police station and in the Spencer mansion each individual enemy even in isolation feels meaningful because of the way it affects 
your pathfinding and your planning through the area because ammo is so scarce. The more the games have trended towards action, the more they can't have their cake and eat it too. If yeah. you give the player an action move set and then put them in a castle with slow lumbering enemies, it doesn't retain any of that sense of um, of permanence and kind of like emergent, uh, well, not emergent gameplay, but like the the your path through the game evolving because of what is happening with the enemies and the way you're dealing with them. That is something I don't think Resident Evil has ever replicated. And so, you know, that section sort of mirrors Resident Evil 1, but in a way that really is, I think, closer to 7. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah. I, I have a quick question. Yeah, yeah. I wanna, go for it. I don't know much about... Janelle, you're the Resident Evil expert here. I don't know much about Resident Evil, so I'm going to try to ask the question I think is on everyone's minds. How big is the lady? Oh my god. She's pretty big. Yeah, she's like nine, she's like nine feet tall. Yeah. That's a pretty big lady right there. She like crouches like a full 90 degrees to get through doors. This is what I have to... Wait, add. really? Yeah. Like it's not, not built not, around her? That's really funny, full, actually. Yeah, it's like... I don't know. It's like no one going through a door. It's not like a full 90 degrees. But like, here's my question. Canonically, we found in like a notebook or something that she's like a few hundred years old, right? Yeah. Was she... Was she, pre-vampire, was she normal size and then got really big? Or did she just have this insane growth spurt as a kid? And her parents were like, we cannot change these doors for our giant castle. It's too fucking old. It's been around since like the 5th century. Yeah, those are load-bearing castle doors. Ugh. Everything in a castle is load-bearing. It's all, it's all stone. <laughs> but, um, you know, it wouldn't be the Emerald Games cast bingo card if I didn't say this game was gorgeous. It is. <laughs> and I love... I can't stop looking at it. Like, just stopping and, like, looking around at things. It's just beautiful. The RE engine is astonishingly good at, at what it does. Um, I don't know Isn't it, like, what this super game well looks optimized, like. too? It is. Mm-hmm. I, I know that there's a bit of a controversy on the uh, PC end. The the PC port is uh, suffering from some from some stuttering issues, even on PCs that are more powerful than a PS5 yeah. with an SSD. I don't well, know what it, that's it's about. Be- but... It's because there's some sort of like anti-cheat program that like yeah. checks to, to verify the game's signature, like make sure, hey, you actually own this game? Okay, cool. Every time you like load in t- or do a new thing that requires a load. So. But, the, mm-hmm. uh, but the PS5 version of the game is, is astonishingly oh well-optimized. The game is, is very smooth um, and very stable. And there is is a lot of use of uh, post processing visual effects in that game that just really add to the feeling of realism. Like the game really extensively uses depth of field. I think that's the most noticeable one. Mm-hmm. Um, your your view will focus in and out of things uh, in the fore and background. Like specifically, um, one touch that I really like is that when you aim with your gun. Uh, the stuff in the foreground around your gun, including the gun, becomes blurred to sort of emphasize that you're looking past it. Um, and there's all you know all kinds of little touches like that in the way that the game uh, like does lighting. You know, it uses ray tracing. It it does um, just like oh, it's beautiful. They they actually do credit the company and the scan that they got all of the textures from and st- unlike resident evil 4 this oh, cool. game makes a bold statement of like right <laughs> when you started the second splash screen after capcom is the website they downloaded the textures from which is really interesting is it the same website it's not no, no. um okay. but it's it's these like mega textures like these these really i, I don't know you, you just you should 
People should just play it. It's, f- it's fucking beautiful. Nolan, my final question for you is how does the shopkeeper compare to the one in four? Oh, yeah. He's a he's a char- he's a better character. He's really interesting. He's really interesting. I didn't so I didn't expect that he would actually sort of play into the story as a kind of um you know, Ethan's very much like a fish out of water and the shopkeeper is sort of like your, you know, maybe on your side, maybe not on your side friend and uh and guide through the world. Mm-hmm. He sort of mysteriously appears at different junctions and offers you cryptic hints and Is this the is this the big boy? The yeah, it's big, big boy. boy. Yep. Yeah. I love that. I look, every clip I've seen of that dude is so great. I love him. There's, it's, oh, go, go ahead. There's a, um, I think new, I don't know, I haven't played like six or anything, but there is this thing where you can kill like fish and chickens and wild pigs and stuff and then give him the meat and he'll cook it for you. Like he'll make these different recipes that like permanently increase your health or do X amount of things, and I love that system. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. What's interesting about it is that the chickens and and fish and whatnot are not, um, they are not respawning, and they are not organically, like, in the game world. They are treated as collectibles. So there'll be like a... I think they're kind of organically in certain parts of the game. Oh, I mean, they're, they're, I I mean, I'm not saying they feel out of place. They're, they're organically, like, they're, they're, they are very believably... They're organic chickens. They are very believably placed within the world. I don't mean that. I I mean that they don't, like, spawn, Mm. right? They're not just, like, chickens spawn in a farm area. It's like there is a specific chicken corral in an area that if you can figure out how to get to it, you're rewarded with two chickens you can kill and take the meat, but then they will never respawn. Yeah. And you can never get more chicken meat unless you find another hidden area that also has chickens. Um or, like, at specific points in the story, like, that goat will spawn, and you mm-hmm. can get it. But if you miss it, you miss it, right? Yeah. That, so you're sort of keeping an eye out for things like that, and then if you collect enough of them, you get upgrades. It's really cool. But w- there's a really comedic side effect of it where you come to a house, and you're like, why is this chicken locked behind a mechanical door with, like, <laughs> that you have to have a special crank to open and a fucking, like, eye ring? It's, it's really funny. <laughs> and then put the chicken in a saw trap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. God. Yeah, this game is just incredible so far. I haven't disliked a single moment of it. We'll see what happens when we get to the inevitable underground umbrella laboratory that I'm not going <laughs> to like. But yeah. right now, this game is just fucking incredible. I want to tell so you the happy. last thing before I move on to the news. Like, how do you feel about the story? I love the story. I think it's really interesting. Do you think that this setting and this narrative is as interesting as the Baker family stuff from Seven. So I think that they're both wildly different, and I love them for their differences, and I think that it is absolutely as interesting, at times more interesting. Um, They're both just, you know, doing different things so well, but are both so memorable and incredibly well-made, and yeah, man, definitely. Absolutely. And I think that the story in this one is, I don't know if more exciting isn't the word, but I'm, there's a lot of stuff that's happening where I'm like, why, why did that just happen? Like, why is this person making this decision right now that I'm really excited to find out about? Whereas in seven, most of it was just like, sure, I want to know why this happened to these people, but mostly get me the fuck out of here. Parts of eight are scary, but my hot take is that uh, seven is a much scarier game, but uh, eight is a more exciting game. Um, entertaining game 
Yeah. That that's that's where I fall, I think. I agree, though man, that second level was really scary. That was really cool. Yeah. It's really scary. It, it just feels more like traditionally gamey and not not in a bad way. It's it's infused with a lot more um like old video game charm. Yeah. Um, in a really non-apologetic way that makes it fe- like it, it, it's much more Resident Evil e than uh, seven. Yeah. In 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 the sense that there's like weird shit with the Umbrella Corporation going on, and there are like armored commandos that will sometimes appear, and there's like I don't you know it it, it just it it feels like they're sort of returning to the kind of classic cheese ball stuff that they used to do, and I I really appreciate that. I mean they only they only stopped doing it for literally one game, but they're also <laughs> keeping the parts of seven that were so good still. Yeah, it's like the Resident Evil cheese ballness like done. A la the realism of seven. Yeah, like you know? cheese ball, but not in the way that four is. Yeah, which is at times very bad. Come on, Capcom, do do just do it again. Just make another <laughs> game like four. Just do do some crazy bullshit. <laughs> I want to see it. Anyways, anyway. speaking of some crazy bullshit, yeah. Uh, you guys hear about this uh, this Steam Deck? Oh, heard about it. Tried to pre-order it. Couldn't. You tried to pre-order it? <laughs> yeah, I did. Oh, okay. I wasn't going to, but I don't like playing... Well, let's explain what it is first, and then I'll talk about yeah, yeah. myself. Because uh, there's, there's a lot of... It. I, I'm excited to talk about this, because I think we both have differing kind of opinions on this. But the Steam Deck is something that was surprise dropped, like, two days ago, right? Mm-hmm. It is a handheld console released by Valve that lets you play your entire... It, it is basically a little handheld portable PC, a la the Switch, right? You can buy a separate dock, plug it into your TV, all that jazz. But it runs your Steam library, and it runs on a special, like, Linux uh, operating system, I think. Uh, So you can just put anything on there, and they made a big deal about that in the marketing. Like, you could download other storefronts, or you could play League on this, even though it's not on the Steam storefront, right? Because it runs on a PC. So it is, in my eyes, an open-source console. It's all of the benefits of a PC, and all of the, like, comfort and ease of a console. Which to me sounds pretty perfect. Uh, they also, had a pre-order as thing far as I know, about, but oh, I yeah. think it's the first console handheld to have an SSD. Yeah. If you really? get that, if you get that version. Oh. I, I mean, I I can't think of a so, handheld that had that. So far, I'm not seeing how we have differing opinions because I fully am with you. Oh, okay. I, I I thought you were saying that like I thought you weren't super into it. I remember you tweeted it looks dumb or like you didn't like the button oh, placement. No, the button which placement is, is absurd. But um, I have a lot of PC games I like. I do not like playing games on my PC. I yeah. won't plug it into my TV because I think that's stupid. I find it really uncomfortable to sit at my desk. I don't like it. I like playing games on my couch and this will let me play my Steam games with my friends on my couch which is exactly what I want. So I think it's really cool. But the button yeah, placement yeah. is fucking insane. That's insane. I, yeah. It's absurd. I, I'm not a big fan of the button placement and it looks a little big but I... And I, I've talked before about buying consoles at launch. I am a little skeptical as to how much power this thing has under the hood, because they're claiming it can run, like, AAA games, no problem. I, I, I'm taking pause at that. I'm not quite sure if they'll be able to deliver. But that being said, this sound this is a hell of a sales pitch, and it's something I'm, I'm personally pretty interested in. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to be keeping my eye on it. I put down a pre-order, which can just be canceled at any time, but... I'm I'm very very curious about this machine because it seems really interesting to me. Definitely. I think that 
it will be interesting for you know uh, uh, certain certain games, um, but there are a lot of PC games that I just don't feel would translate very well. Yeah. Um, especially if you're playing, you know, something that effectively has is not a port that would not uh, sort of like intrinsically accommodate you not having a mouse and keyboard. Um, so I'm curious, like, you know, for me, the games that I like to play on PC that I wouldn't play on console, um, uh, multiplayer shooters are a big one. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to play those on the Steam yeah, Deck. Yeah, I'm not playing Hell Out Loose on the um, Steam Deck. And then mm-hmm. games like City Skylines or Rim World or stuff or things that I think really, really um, rely on a mouse interface that I'm not. Mm-hmm. In. I know that there's a touchpad on the side, but I'm I I don't know how well that trackpad will work for games like that. So that's that's where I'm skeptical. What about? I think I don't know much about this, Alex. You probably know more, but I think people have said that you might be able to connect Game Pass to it. Well, I would yeah, imagine can, so if it's yeah. Linux. You can yeah. just load. Yeah, you can just load anything. Like you can load the Epic Store. Yeah, you but can the thing load is, your Riot account if you want to. W- like, Windows games be like running on Linux is is, is is that's a big if though. A lot of them don't support that as well. That's fair. The Linux Steam storefront is is not uh, small by any means, but it is a lot smaller than. No, have you heard about their initiative they've been working on? Uh, it's like a thing that like it's called Steam OS, I think. But like the idea is, any game that is on the Steam platform will run on this Linux-based Steam OS, even oh. if they're Windows, even if they're like I don't think there's any Mac-only games out there. So but... it's a new type of like in-house Linux OS that they're yeah. making compatible. Okay, well that 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 that's cool. Yeah, I don't now. I, the question is, I don't know if this stretches to the things that are not Steam because they're saying, "Oh, you can put anything on there." I don't know how easy it's going to be to put anything on there, but actually, you know what? That reminds me. This is. I think Valve finally figured out how to do a Steam machine, and I tweeted about this the other day. But like, do you remember back, like, oh god, what was it? I want to say like five years ago or something, when they were trying to push uh, Steam machines as a yeah. new mm-hmm. thing, yeah. and it was like, you know, why, why do people? Why are people not interested in PC gaming? And I feel like you can narrow it down to a couple of problems. One of them is that it is kind of expensive, like uh, prohibitively so, uh, and the other one is that it's intimidating. Right? It doesn't yep. have the same plug-in and play ease that a console has. Like you got to do some, you got to do some work under the hood, literally and figuratively, and to get games working on PC. It's inconsistent because you don't even have to do the work under the hood one time. You might have to do it every couple of months, or depending on what game you want to play. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have that same that same like ease of access, right? So yep. when Valve tried to do this thing, when they were like, "Hey, here's fifty different Steam machines, all with different specs, run by different like." or developed by different people, that didn't do shit. That still scared all those people who were intimidated by the idea of a PC. This, though, I think is perfect. Like, you have the handheld gimmick, and that's great, but you also have, like, one machine that, like, does what you need it to do. And there are, yeah. like, minor improvements. Like, uh, let me pull up the page here. Like you said, one, uh, a couple of them have SSDs, and, like, you can put more storage in there. I think it's, like, a micro SD card or something. But, like... That's much less intimidating than talking about different, like, PC specs. Why I want this uh, Steam Deck real bad, and I'd love to have one, is because of the just huge wealth of really interesting games that get um, 
PC releases that just aren't big enough or successful enough to come out on console. So, you know, yeah. there's t- t- types of games that I wouldn't play on PC over console, but there's also a lot of games that you just can't play on console. Oh, God. Like, H-E-O. Yeah, like, I- I'd really like to... Um, and they, I, the H.E.O. developer came out and said, like, hey, this will work natively on uh, oh, Steam Deck. God, yes. One of the comfiest... Comfy. One of the comfiest... Comfiest! Coziest and best RPGs I've ever started um, was Trails in the Sky. And I would love to lay down on my bed with a Steam Deck and just play Trails in the Sky with, like, a cup of tea or something. The, the only thing that has kept me from digging into that game more is that like sitting in the you know wooden ikea chairs we have at my desk and playing a comfy rpg isn't something that meshes with me like when i started that game i ended up sort of stopping halfway through and instead playing suikoden because i had that on my vita yeah and i, I mean, mean just lay, lay on the couch right you could always just plug your computer into your tv not you not have, in this apartment you have no idea how impossible that is it, that, does, that doesn't our, what if you got like a really long hdmi cord okay yeah, what a stupid thing to do instead of buying one of these expensive things it, oh, okay to be fair an hdmi cord is a lot cheaper than a than a 400 machine that, that was, that was the, the joke. joke yeah but um no, I mean, like, that just doesn't work in our apartment at all. If and I had that's... a Steam Link, maybe. I used to have one. Yeah, I wish we had that. Because yeah. I have a Steam controller, though my Steam controller is... You is... actually threw that in the trash. It was, it was broken It was broken beyond repair, I think. So Wait, I, really? I couldn't... Yeah, it was done, so... It, uh, uh-huh. it, 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 this controller itself was fine, but there was something... Uh, there was two problems. One of them was that it, it wouldn't, like... It wouldn't accurately sense that it had batteries in it, so it kept thinking that it was dead even when I put in new batteries. And the other one was that uh, if I tried to plug it in via a USB cord, for whatever reason, it would disconnect like every five or six seconds and I'd have to replug it in. So I, I didn't know what to do, and I'm not going to go in there and solder it. So I also mm-hmm. never use it. So it, it just went in the trash, unfortunately. I thought you really liked the Steam controller. I, re- I really do. I stopped using it because of those problems. Oh. Um, uh. I, I did like the Steam controller quite a lot. It's it's a great controller, and it was it, it was showing the world how interesting and cool haptics were way before the PS5 started doing that. It's true. Mm. So, so Nolan, I'm with you. And the reason I like haven't gotten rid of my PC entirely is because there are always going to be games on there like Hell Let Loose or The Hunt Showdown that like I just don't really yeah. want to play on other things. But man, anything that gets me one step closer to not having this fucking thing in my house is good for me. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I mean, yeah, it's... You, it's you a, would get rid of your PC for this? No, I, yeah, but... I wouldn't. There's, no still, there's still, like, some games that I just think work better on PC, but I really don't like having it at all. Sure. Um, I don't like it. I'd rather wait, wait, just... Wait. Like, why, why do you not like the PC, though? That's my question. So, I... Because it's not the thing that I primarily play games on, like, I'm pretty behind at this point in parts. I don't want to spend a money a bunch of money to put new parts in it all the time. I don't find I've never found it comfortable to sit at a desk for very long. I have You a, never do like your homework on your computer. You use your no, laptop. I have a really bad knee because <laughs> I'm an old lady and so just sitting <laughs> in like that position for too long is wildly uncomfortable for me. Um, I don't use it often enough to justify the huge amount of space I feel like it takes up, but there's podcasting to be done and there are games that I do like playing on my computer every once in a while but I almost always prefer not to have to yeah knowing, knowing you I feel like I, I knowing you I imagine you would prefer to just have like a laptop and then also video games separately yeah 
I guess I'm surprised because in my mind, I don't want to get rid of anything that like that, right? Like if I, I mean, it won't if actually I, get rid of it. Like I wouldn't literally get rid of my computer. It just like a fantasy for it. to mm-hmm. have like a nice clean space without it. I I, uh, I I really like having a computer. I I really like um, how much of an all encompassing machine it it feels like. You can really do it. You can do so many things on it. It feels very useful but i i consider my computer separate from a game machine right like that's something i do on it but i do so many other things on it that i yeah it's multi-purpose i want to keep it around but if you do all that stuff on a laptop like you do then you don't you don't really need both yeah for like every single thing that isn't gaming i just use my macbook yeah they're because they're bad for gaming exactly (laughs) they're really bad for gaming but all of this to say yeah i am extremely interested in the Steam Link. I really want to know what the buttons actually feel like. I People have made jokes yeah. about how the B is literally sliding off of this. <laughs> it, it does look like that. Yeah. It's really funny, um, but... I, I think that, it looks great. I, I would love to to have one, and I, I would love to, like... I don't know. There's so many games I would just dig into if I had a, a Steam Link that I... Or a Steam Deck that I would not sit down at my PC and devote the time to right now. Any chance they'll be at PAX? Oh, maybe. Maybe. Oh. Cool. Does, yeah, Valve, yeah. does Valve ever go to PAX? I don't they know. They do when they have something to show, like they did for yeah. uh, Artifact, and that, that went swimmingly. <laughs> they yeah. used to do Dota tournaments at PAX, and then it that's became true. like yeah. the biggest thing in the world, and they went to like Shanghai and like Prague. And... That's where I saw Ben Pack in the line of Artifact for PAX 2019. You can't miss him. He's like I seven feet tall. Ben, Ben Pack Pack. Ben Dimitrescu. Ben Dimitrescu. Nolan, Nolan and Nolan finally met someone eye to eye. It was him and Ben Pack. I, he actually, he just walked right past me. He didn't, I mean, he didn't know who I was. He, I no, was waiting like, in line like for Artifact for like we an saw, hour, and he just walked into the Artifact. We saw a guy <laughs> with his girlfriend the other day, and she was shorter than me, and he was taller than Nolan. Oh, wow. It was ridiculous. They're like us <laughs> after like a couple patches. No! And <laughs> you both changed. got buffed and nerfed, yeah. Yeah. God damn it. But... What else is happening? I think the second thing is really interesting. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, so this is going to sound weird. Bear with me for a second, listener. Um, there is a Nickelodeon-themed Smash Bros-esque fighting game that is coming out. Um, it is called Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl, I think. And the idea is they want a Smash Bros, but with, with Viacom Nickelodeon intellectual properties, right? So, like, SpongeBob and, like, Ren and Stimpy and all that jazz. Uh, it's supposed to be coming out this fall, and a lot of people are like, well, who cares? Like, why, why should anyone care about this? Uh, awesome. The studio that's making this is called Ludosity, I think. They are a, I don't remember where, but like a European studio. And they made a game that got a lot of love called Slap City, which was very much a callback to Super Smash Bros. Melee. It has a lot of the same mechanics and systems in it. And it's just, like, put into a new type of game, right? Uh, Apparently, uh, Nickelodeon approached these guys and were like, hey, would you like to make a game with Nickelodeon properties? And they were like, sure. And in a recent developer interview, which you can read in the description below, their goal is to have it be, like, competitively viable in the same way that, like, Melee is, right? Like, they want to add rollback netcode and, like... They're hoping to like do tournament stuff with it. It's it's pretty interesting. The only and thing stopping me from being really excited about this game is that I just didn't I didn't realize how many marquee characters 
Nickelodeon has introduced since I stopped being a kid. Oh, no, I, 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 I I didn't recognize like half of them, and I, I there was only I one I didn't that. recognize. Like yeah, okay, there's like I mean, there SpongeBob ones that and Ninja I, Turtles, and there were ones that I was like familiar with, but that I had never seen their show. Right? I mean, sure. Well, now I have I'm gonna to I'm gonna up. I'm gonna pull up I'm gonna pull up the the cover right now and see yeah, if I well the, the cover everyone's blacked out but uh, uh. I, personally there was only one it's a a, a white haired boy named Loud I think let me see if I can pull that up but you know there's like Ninja Turtles which they bought recently and like okay I'm scrolling through the characters right now and yeah I don't know I've never heard of the Loud House. And there's another, there's like two characters from the Loud House. But yeah, you might be right, actually, because this is, okay, I see Ariel Monsters, I see the Thornberries, Spongebob. Okay, Powdered Toast Man, I don't, I don't know him. I guess he's from Ren and Stimpy? Yeah, he was from Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, I never watched Ren and Stimpy. That's insane. Oh, Reptar, I didn't recognize. That's the, the theme park monster from Rugrats. Yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, okay, cool. I'm really excited about this game. Wait, yeah, I actually do know all these characters, now that you mention yeah. it, except for the Loud House people, yeah. I thought yeah, Powdered yeah, yeah. Toast Man was something new, but now that I know it's from Ren and Stimpy... I can see, I can see that. Yeah, I'm, I, get... I'm s- Sorry. What were you going to say? No, you go ahead. What were you going to say? Are we going to get Avatar The Last Airbender characters? We have to. There's no way they can't, Ugh. right? They're totally waiting to reveal Aang. Yeah. yeah right? Or Zuko. Aang and Korra. Oh, Zuko would be cool. I'm surprised oh, they don't man. just like finish out the Ninja Turtles. They could be like the Fire Emblem characters where they all look the same and play the same, but people still want them. Maybe they will. And oh, maybe yeah, they yeah. won't play the same. They all have different weapons. Yeah, but they all like look the same. Yeah, but they all have different wow. weapons. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> totally, different, totally different fighting styles. One's got a staff. One's One got, does machines. One's got those li- little little tridents, you know, what Raphael he's, has, whatever they're called. He's he's cool but crude. One's um, got a uh, one. One's got a uh, sword. I think Le- what makes Leonardo. this game yeah. really funny also is the fact that like Smash Bros. fans are just like, and I and I kind of get this, but I kind of don't. Just, like, just furious at Nintendo. And the only reason I can really figure out why is because they don't keep making games like Melee. And they're just so goddamn mad, right? There's a really prominent uh, Melee pro called uh, Mango. And Mango's, Mango's, a bit of a, Mango's a bit of a character, but his whole thing that he's done on stream is, like, he'll play a Nintendo game and he'll label it, like, fuck Nintendo, Right? Because he's just, he's just so mad that they're not making games that are like Melee. And then there was that story we reported on a while ago where, like, they were being... Nintendo was, like, kind of negligent towards the Melee community. Mm-hmm. And they're just... People are just, like, furious about it. And they are putting 100% of their hopes on this game. Which I think is very funny, and I think they might be let down. And I think I'm, I'm still kind of confused by the whole, like, blind hatred towards Nintendo. For the, the reason being, it's not Melee. But yeah, that's that's definitely been like promoting this game a lot. I think I, I understand why people want Nintendo to make more games like Melee, um, but I, I feel like there are more viable reasons to be upset at Nintendo for the type of things that they create than uh, it not being something catered to a, a, a relatively small niche mm-hmm. uh, for a game that was successful but not successful in the same way the stuff they're making now is. Like, I, it would make very little sense for Nintendo, from a business perspective, to make a game like Melee again when the reception to their current direction with Smash has been 
overwhelmingly positive from most of the people that they are trying to sell the game to. Yeah. Right. But that's the thing, though. This studio is very explicitly like, yeah, we want to have, like, high-level play, right? We want to make it... We yeah. want to do the melee thing where it's approachable, but it's also, like, it has advanced strategies in it, right? There's, like, wave dashing and, like, rollback netcode, which there's really no excuse for why Smash doesn't have that. Like... I, I read that uh, Sega wanted um, the Virtua Fighter studio... And le- le- like a Dragon Studio also apparently wanted to put rollback into the Virtual Fighter Five remake, but the like IP holder or something would, would didn't want them to. Oh no, I heard about it. yeah. It was like Sega of America that was like, please, if yeah. this game will do so much better if you do this, and they were like, no, we don't need it. Weird, right? Yeah, yeah. Is it because of just the work that it takes? I don't know. Can't I, 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 I can't I can't really speculate. Yeah, I know that there's a, a big thing with like a lot of Japanese devs. Devs have Debs. sort of like a <laughs> devs. Yeah, fucking Deborah. Lo- Japanese Deborah. She has this very uh, like I don't want to say pride, but like it's like they don't really want to do. They don't really want to work with others, right? So if they can't make a rollback system on their own, they're not going to use GGPO. They're not going to use whatever else, whatever anyone else has developed, right? Like. And also, Japan's infrastructure is different than ours, right? They have, like, good internet, and they're, like, pretty connected overall, right? In America and Australia and everywhere else in the world, our internet is, like, dog trash compared to compared to Japan. So they don't think it's as big of a deal because it's not to them, right? Like, for the most part, they can get away with it. Seriously, if you go to Tokyo and then go to, like, at... At random, one of the large American cities, not necessarily the most advanced or whatever, it's like you went back 25 years in time in terms of, like, infrastructure and modern developments and urban planning and internet and tra- everything. <laughs> it's, it's nuts, right? But internet specifically, <laughs> is in the case of, like, a fighting game, right? That's super yeah. important. Uh, and they mentioned they're going to have it on <coughs> select platforms... <clears throat> So I don't know if that means, like, oh, it won't be on the Switch because the Switch is too, like, frail to handle it or whatever. Um, I would select that platform if I could, if it were my choice. Yeah, that seems like one you'd want to you'd target, right? Because if you're targeting the people who love Smash Bros, they're probably going to have a Switch, right? Select a Switch or a PC. Could, select platforms could just mean they just don't have the uh, the publishing deals yet. They could be waiting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's Nickelodeon. They could, they could go wherever they want. Yeah. Oh no, it's it, it's releasing on every platform, but rollback is only coming out on select platforms. Oh yeah, maybe maybe yeah. maybe switch uh, could switch handle it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I yeah. don't really know how netcode works. Does anyone know how netcode works? Maybe the OLED version could handle it. Say no. Yeah, because it's it's got the, uh, <laughs> the OLED it's, version. Yeah. Yeah, because it's got the fucking uh, the Ethernet port in the side of it. Um, but I, I I hope people get everything they want with this game. I still don't really understand the just, like, blind hatred for Nintendo and or any new Smash Brothers, as opposed to just, I don't like it, I'd rather it be this. Um, but this is cool. I'm super interested in this. It's coming out, like, this fall, I think. Um, Who are you going to main? So, Both of you. What? Who are you going to main? Both of you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be an Aang main. Duh. Um... Zuko or Courage the Cowardly Dog. Different None network, your... different network. Different network, network. yeah, yeah. Different network, different characters network. are confirmed. None of them. What if they, what if they had, like, a big... Their big dramatic reveal was, like, a different network. Like, Freakazoid or Doug. They just, like, bring in another IP and everyone's like... 
like uh what's it called and the, at the game awards when they revealed uh uh joker for smash everyone would just like lose their shit at like a 20 year old cartoon character okay hear me out hear me out yeah yeah this is how you build smash hype the trailer begins and the nickelodeon slime goes on the screen uh-huh. and says nickelodeon and then it's you know the words all-star brawl appear next to it and then you play the trailer you have all the fighting and then at the end of the trailer you have a surprise where like a cartoon network character shows up out of nowhere and you play their sizzle reel and then at the end you cut the music you go back to the title screen and then the cartoon network character goes ah and they get a rag and they reach up and they wipe off the slime so it just says all-star brawl and that's and that's the new that's the new title drop y'all no, here, i don't no sorry alex you go here's here's what's happening right it's like it's like an in-game cutscene of like spongebob and someone else fighting and one of spongebob's attacks is he like throws a patty with his spatula or whatever <laughs> and he throws it and it's like a slow slow down like zoom in on the patty and then out of nowhere another spatula intercepts it <gasps> and it pans down welcome to the good burger home of the good burger can i take oh, your order it's keenan and kel reveal and the crowd goes wild. Holy shit, I absolutely <laughs> my mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's just like a showcase of Keenan and Kel's combos. And then Keenan and Kel get hit in the face by a spatula. And then it's there's another spatula, two spatulas, and the camera zooms out and it's Bob and Linda Belcher. Yes! <laughs> and then Bob and Linda Belcher start to talk and then they get hit in the face by a really big spatula and it zooms out and it's chowder the chef the chef from chowder <laughs> this is a, a wow. chain of spatulas and then Wait. they get hit chowder gets hit in the face by another one and then the camera tracks that spatula as it goes and flips a pancake and then it zooms out and it's, and it's flapjack. flapjack and then the name changes <laughs> from to all-star burger brawl <laughs> yeah, it's all burger themed. But plus, Janelle, plus you, pancake. Do you remember uh, what intellectual property Viacom bought a year or two ago? No. No. What is this? Viacom, the parent company of uh, Nickelodeon, <gasps> Garfield. just bought the rights to Garfield. Yeah! <laughs> There's oh a God. very real chance we could see Garfield in this game. So Janelle's going to be a Garfield man. Audio spike, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sweating now. I was already, but now I really am. Yeah, yeah. What if they they showed Garfield, and it was, like, totally going to be a Garfield character reveal, but then it was, they actually, the character was John Arbuckle, and Garfield's just, like, in the background? (laughs) That'd be be really funny. That'd be stupid. Now, I don't mean to change the natural flow of this podcast, but we got to hurry up and get to that wheel, because we're, we're in close enough proximity to the litter box, and our cat just... Nailed it in there, and I'm having a bad time right now. Oh, all right, all right. So somebody's got to pull up some the litter over that thing. Someone's got to deal with this. It's rough. It hurts to breathe. Okay. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Uh, uh, well. Hold on. Let me pull it up here. So uh, explain <laughs> explain the wheel of favorites while I pull up the, the number generator. Nolan. Uh, we got a wheel, and Alex spins it to land on a random number, and then that number corresponds to a listing on a little sheet that says, you know, like, favorite side character or a favorite video game town or a favorite NC4 game or whatever. And then we all talk about our favorites. Wholesome fun. All right. Wholesome fun. And I just, I just spun the wheel. What is your guys' favorite video game forest? Mm. Like, your favorite forest, your favorite group of trees in a video game. That's a hard one. 
<sighs> As always, with, with, with Wheel of Favorites, we will probably end up spitting out several because it's hard to pick yeah, a favorite, yeah. but it's, you know. Well, it's not Wheel of Favorite. Yeah. I feel like I have not played much of this game. I played a little bit of it on, on 3DS. I don't think I ever beat it, but uh, the uh, the Lost Woods in Ocarina of Time seems yeah. like a very yeah. good a good place to start. It's got that, that wonderful catchy theme and like atmosphere. And they're absolutely iconic as well, so... I have mm-hmm. two that come to mind. One isn't technically a forest, but it's like a forested area in the game. Does that count? Yeah, sure. I really enjoy the area, the like temple area in Fatal Frame. Oh, sure. That's yeah. all woodsy. And um, Nolan, you and I played a game on the Switch like a year ago, and I've never ever remembered what it was called. And we both thought it was really weird, and we got through it really fast. And it ends in a forest. You're talking about Paratopic? Yes. I really enjoyed that area, too. How did, I, how, oh. did, how did I do that? Because I always say, what was that game that we played on the Switch that I can't remember? And then yeah. you've gotten so used to me asking the you The forest in Paratopic, you're, you're like, it's a little vignette scene where you're playing as a wildlife photographer um, following a bird. And it's, mm-hmm. it's really, really eerie and beautiful. Oh, and then all of Firewatch. Yeah, I was just going to yeah. say Firewatch. Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. That's, Firewatch is like some of the best nature in any video game. It and that's is. a real forest too, isn't it? Like, uh, it's ba- it's based off of um, a place in Montana, I think, right? Yeah, one of the national parks. Yeah. Let me see if I can pull yeah. it up. I don't know Shoshone, how accurate Shoshone Nat- National Forest. Don't know how don't know how accurate it is, but I, I I would assume that it is aesthetically accurate, if not geographically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say like all three maps in Hunt Showdown have really really oh yeah, uh, yeah of course realistic feeling forests that uh just just nail the feeling of like hiking out in the woods right down to the footstep sounds and um, those games have maps that do not feel uh like artificially constructed for combat encounters they they like they, they, they feel like places that like real people lived Rather than like what I feel like Fortnite or PUBG feel like, where it's just like, oh, here's the place where people fight, and then the part that connects that place to the next one or whatever. Right. Um, and uh, I, I love them. God, I love that game. I'm gonna marry it. Kentucky Route Zero, like the whole second chapter, maybe. Oh yeah. 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 With the bird. Real good. Oh, I do love a forest, especially in a video game. What about? Yeah. You're just looking at the shelf. Me too. <laughs> what have we got oh, there? Oh my god. Okay. The my favorite moment I ever had in Red Dead Two yeah. was when we were in the foresty area near Saint Denis, and there were those creepy fucking cannibal guys. Oh yeah. And that was so memorable because I remember being like Nolan. I think I just saw a body hanging off of a tree, and we were both terrified. And it was beautiful, and the lighting was incredible. I fucking love that part of that game. What was so cool about that moment is that as we were walking through, you kept seeing things that you thought were bodies because the atmosphere was so dark and haunting, but most of them weren't. Um, I don't think any of them in the beginning were. They were all just like different tree formations. When was at the beginning? When was at the beginning, but then everything else wasn't. But like the headspace that that first entrance into that forest, if you go at nighttime, which we did just totally serendipitously, it is so strong that everything feels like that. And then eventually we were like, what is that? And we turned a corner and uh, mild environmental spoiler alert, but there was a body 
that was like nailed to the tree yeah. as if it were a crucifixion whose skin on its chest was like flayed open with its intestines hanging down and you just screamed when you saw it. <laughs> and it, and then when 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 you see that it's like a thing where if you go to investigate the body then the cannibal people will jump out of the woods and run at you with cleavers. It was the oh. scariest shit ever in a game that is in no way a horror game. <laughs> it was oh, really yeah. cool. I remember that, actually. I feel like you could pick most locations in, in Red Dead and Red Dead 2 and be like, this is... I guess in Red Dead 1, it's just tall trees, but... Tall, tall trees in Red Dead 1 is brilliant. I, yeah. I'd say, like, you know, forests aside, I, I personally believe that uh, Red Dead 2 is one of the greatest video game maps ever created. Yeah. I would say. In terms of not just variety, but believability and... Uh, it, 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 it there's like exploring in Red Dead Two. It's one of the few games that exploring isn't fun because you're finding things to do in the world, but exploring is fun because being in the world in of itself has such a tangible feeling of of like being present in a real world. That just like hiking around in the woods is in in of itself exciting in that game in a way that very few other games have ever achieved for me except for like in a totally different way like breath of the wild did that for me too mm -hmm. um but it's really hard to pull off yeah, yeah definitely oh. oh uh there's a really good tf2 map i think it's called sawmill and it takes place in like a yeah. pacific northwest looking sawmill uh in like a you're just surrounded by forest uh but the gimmick of the map is the capture point that you have to like king of the hill fight for is surrounded by a buzzsaw. So, like, when you're fighting on the capture point, for the capture point, you have a chance of getting, like, <laughs> sawed in half by the, by the buzzsaw that moves around. It's such a fun mechanic. You know... Oh, sorry, Nolan. No, go ahead. No, no. I don't know what to say about it, but uh, the um, the shroud, all of the shroud in Final Fantasy XIV. Mm. Oh, yeah. A+. plus. You know, this I makes me want to ask you guys. I know we only have a few minutes left, but, like... In general, what's your favorite type of environment in a game? Hmm. I really, really like, uh, like, rocky, arid desert areas. I was just going to say, a good yeah. desert slaps. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it sure does. The issue is, a bad desert is really it, boring. It, 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 it's so hard to get right, right? It's like, it's like the, it is the biome that is the most hot and cold for me. God, I love Journey. Well, deserts are mostly yeah. just hot, but... Uh, you, you know what I mean. Not at night, dude. Yeah. Especially when a game doesn't take place in a desert for most of it, and then it just gets to one and it and it nails it. I fucking mm. hated that part in Final Fantasy VII where you're walking in the desert and you don't know where to go. Remember that? Oh part? yeah, it's like Lost Woods mechanics but, where if like, you go the wrong screen exit, you get looped through. But like boring, because it's the same background the whole time. You know that that like mechanic that everyone was doing in the 90s is a fun mechanic but oh my god it does not mesh with random encounters <laughs> no. if you'd have a game with random encounters and you pull some lost woods shit on me i i i quit it's a great way to grind grind out some extra levels on accident uh, at while being held hostage yeah <laughs> especially when you sit in those games you, you can only save at intervals of like an hour and if you're in an area like that, and it's like, if I'd picked the right one, I could just get through this area and save. But if I die, I have to go not just do this part again, but the whole previous town. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a favorite, real quick, do you have a favorite, like, desert 
map or like locale you can think of, Nolan? MG- MGS5, Afghanistan. Oh. Hand, hands, oh, yeah. hands down. Yeah. Hands Forgot down. about Afghanistan. Yeah. It's like, that is like such an incredible map. And it feels so cool to be in, and I love it. <laughs> I really like a lot of the uh, default Badlands maps in uh, yeah. TF2. Those have a very nice, like, uh, aesthetic and vibe to them. Oh, also, Red Dead 2's version of Wait. New Austin is really good, too. Um, Janelle, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say mine's a spoiler for Red Dead 2. Oh, yeah, it is a spoiler, isn't it? Should we should we cut that? I don't know. Well, it's mostly... It exists. It's Alex I'm worried about here. But what's that place that's, like, been overrun by, like, a Chloria? Uh, cholera. Cholera, yeah. It's, Ar- it's Armadillo. Cholera. God, which is Jesus Christ. Oh! Arm- no, Arm- I know about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The roles Armadillo, Armadillo and the other town are reversed in Red Dead 1. Armadillo is the is the very first town you visit in Red Dead 1, um, and so... Well, you visit the ranch first, but... But, like, town. Yeah, yeah, I guess you do visit the ranch first, and then you sort of work your way down the hill into the town. It's sort of one of the first, like, op- it's it's sort of Red Dead's equivalent to, like, Oblivion's coming out of the cave moment, is, like, riding down that bluff for the first time. It's but, so like, good. It's really cool that in Red Dead 2, you see Armadillo riding down the same bluff from a distance, and you, you can't tell... Until you approach, you sort of get these like gradual clues, like there's signs on the ground that say "Don't approach, keep out, unsafe," and you see smoke. Like the smoke doesn't start until you're approaching because the villagers are bringing bodies to the pile. It's just it's so brilliant the way that at that point the entire story of the game is already over. So like riding out into an area that is ostensibly like bereft of content and getting there and seeing this new story unfold, it's like a mind-blowingly cool moment. Yeah, Absolutely. I just adore that game. Oh, guys, I like video games. Especially because, like, it's it almost seems like an excuse because that part of Red Dead 2 is, is drastically underpopulated and doesn't have the same feeling of liveliness that the main map does because it wasn't given the same amount of dev time because it's like a bonus, right? But by entering the area and it being established that it's in, in, in New Austin is in complete economic collapse because of a pandemic and, like, the train is shut down and stuff, it actually makes that part of the map feeling ghostly and lacking in humanity it like makes it feel intentional mm-hmm. in a way that provides the whole thing this sort of ghostly like it, it is it is a map that is an, it's like an, a ghost town at the scale of a whole map it's so interesting you know this makes me think listener sometimes on this podcast we rag on nolan sometimes we rag on me and alex but i want to rag on alex really quick because speaking of fucking deserts last summer we went camping with Alex in the desert and he brought expired sunscreen. <laughs> and so I just want everyone to know about that because that fucking I sucked. S- I still have like marks on my shoulders <laughs> from the fucking <laughs> blisters I got from, oh, that was rough. Alex had a uh, sunburn and like the part of his skin that wasn't burned was like in the shape of a hand because <laughs> of putting it on his back and then all of the no, stuff yeah, it was that like, he... it was like smeared right like yeah because yeah. it was just like you put it, it wasn't you like put it on your own back and like all of the parts that weren't in that initial smear that had enough to cover just did nothing so <laughs> yeah ah. really pretty place though i feel like if we Beautiful. went to camping in eastern oregon again we should go with with trees though so we don't just get buffeted by the wind no but... no no shade yes yeah. agreed oh man anyways that's anyway. games cast episode 69 <laughs> um if you want to email us we have a gmail at gmail.com 
And if you want to, go ahead. Email us and tell us your favorite penis in a video game. What? Why? Come again? Is this episode 69? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, mine is the, it's not my favorite because I don't like it. So in that sense, it's my favorite, the gross fucking monster in Persona 5. It's just a dick. Oh, he's good. He's good. Oh, yeah, that was pretty good. But don't actually do that. I'd, I'd hate that. Yeah. Don't ever say that word again. But if you want to, uh, to, to, well, don't don't tweet about it either. But if you want to tweet at us, you can do so. At ODE Gamescast. Um, And also, if you go to that Twitter profile's bio, there's a link to a Google form where you can also submit questions. You can submit, uh, you know, fresh, fresh, hot off the press content for us to talk about if you'd like to. Um, Otherwise, you know, stick around. Next week, episode 70. I've been Nolan. With me has been John Marston's penis. <laughs> oh my god! You never see that in that game. G- good. I you don't want. I don't think about it. <laughs> you see the the no, wolf man. Remember him? About, I don't like. I don't yes. like seeing penises in video games or boobs. I don't like seeing that stuff in video games because it reminds me of being a kid and being like, "Am I allowed to buy this game?" Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And also with me has been uh, not John Marston's penis. Then what are you? Uh, John Marston's balls. The two genders. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>